great mercy to us. I do have a, a word this morning. Because we really are in a, I don't know if you know this, but we're really in some major battles in our nation. People are going through great battles. Um, you don't have a choice. Either you are going to be overcome or you will overcome. Okay, just one or the other. And uh, who's he coming for in the book of Revelation? To them that overcome, I will grant to sit with me. And there's so many promises. And so we don't want to... Um, there's no plan B from here on out. I don't know if there ever was. I know that God gives you grace and seasons in your life. And, but uh, there's no plan B. And we've, we must accomplish our purpose. We've got to fulfill the will of God. And, but don't expect it to be smooth sailing. Okay, there are going to be adversaries. You know the scripture says... There are many open doors. Or no, there are open doors, but many adversaries. So it's just going to be par for the course. I now today, I know that uh, Ephesians says there's apostles, or prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. I just want to teach some things, but I may just rip loose and preach some things too, okay? Because although I've been coughing for weeks, it's the dumbest thing. I, I, anybody else had this stuff? It goes on and on and on and on and on. So I'm going to believe I'm not going to cough. I've got a cough drop in my mouth. So, so when, I guess when it melts down, <clears throat> it'll be over. No, I'll just get another one out of my pocket. But it's a real serious time. I, uh, I want to read a scripture, and then we're going to get into it, just share the scripture. You follow with me. This one's not on the screen. I have some of the scriptures. But just remember what Jesus, John chapter 17 this kind of by way of introduction. And uh, the, he prays for himself. He prays for the disciples. He's praying for all the believers. And then in verse 13 it says, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. And I've given them your word. Say your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. You know you're going to be hated if you're not... You know, you're not of the world. The world will love its own, but not those who are not their own. Because you don't belong to the world, you belong to Christ, right? So there's a price to be paid. But he says, I've given, you, given them their word. Now, verse 15, but here's the hope. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. The word keep means to protect, to guard, to preserve, to watch over. You know, we've been hearing a lot about surveillance and um, security. I can tell you there is, you are, under one, you are under surveillance 24 hours a day if you're in Jesus. You're being watched over by the Father of the universe, the Father of light, the Creator, your God. He's watching, He's keeping, He's preserving you, praying that uh, you will be kept in the midst of this world. And then He says, um, verse 16, they are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. Then he prays, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And as you sent me into the world, I've also sent them. And for their sakes, he said, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. What does it mean to be sanctified? Set apart by the word, by the truth. That's what separates you from just anybody else. 
You have the Word living in you, the living Word. We don't want to just have faith in the Scriptures. We want to have faith in the God of the Scriptures. You know, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. But what happens if a people, you know, walk in the Spirit and they walk in the Word at the same time? Watch out. In fact, it was prophesied, Paul Cain said that God would raise up, what did he say, a million Baptists who would walk in the Spirit and in the Word. I'm one of them. All right? Watch out. But he said, sanctify them by the Word. So let's pray. And I want to share some things from the Word. We've got to love the Word. You've got to know the Word. If you don't know the Word, you are in trouble. You don't stand on the Word, you're standing on sinking ground. And I promise you, storms are coming. One way or the other. All right? Great Word. That's good news, isn't it? It is good news, because if you know the, the one who calms the storms, and if you've got calm in the midst of the storm. And if you have his word living in you, you will have a calm in the midst of whatever storm you face. You guys with me? So, Lord, help us. God, let it be razor sharp. We ask for the word. We ask for the anointing. Lord, we want to be the people that, that are moving in this next move of God that Lance told us about. Thank you for reminding me of that, Lord. We want to be the people. You remember, let me just interrupt this prayer with this announcement. Do you remember what... Lance said, he said, the next move of God is to get you to move. You remember that? I want to be a part of that move. So, Lord, we thank you. Move in us, on us, upon us. Lord, shake this place. Send a mighty rushing wind. We thank you, God. This is no game. We are in the army now. And uh, we thank you for the victory that Gil had. That we all had because of this. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the victories, victories from glory to glory. All this that's before us. In Jesus' strong name. Amen. Well, we are in a great place to be involved in the next move of God. I was reading this week the prophetic history of Moravian Falls. Just to, you know, you need to go back and refresh the vision. And um, you know about the 100-year prayer meeting. You guys know that. And... Not so much that it happened here, but uh, the Moravians. And then, of course, how the Moravians would sell themselves as slaves in order to preach the gospel in foreign lands. That's pretty radical, isn't it? So we have a heritage, not that we're Moravians, but we're in Christ. But because we're in Moravian Falls, I think that's part of our heritage. Now, did you know that Zinzendorf actually bought the land? He bought, what, 100,000-acre tract. It was called the Wachovia Track. You remember that? And are we on that exact spot right here? I think so, but I don't know. I don't know if we are. It may be over more toward Winston. It doesn't matter. What matters is, is he, what he bought the purpose of the land for. Because we're fulfilling it. He bought it as a base to reach the Americas with the gospel. We're in a mission base. So I'm disbelieving. That's part of it. Also, the Wachovia means a fruitful field. And so we are in a fruitful field. We're going to bear fruit. I mean, if you know that. So we would do well to remember the vision that's been spoken. There have been prophecies. You know, one of the, the motto that we've hung out over the door, that the lamb would not lose the reward of his suffering. We're not going to let it happen. How many of you are with me in that? We're not going to let the lamb lose the reward of his suffering. We've got to have that mindset in this hour. 
If you're playing church, you better go home quickly because you're not going to like it. You're not going to like it. I'm telling you, it's heat that God's turning the heat up. Because you're either going to be burned up in the fire or you're going to be on fire. I'd rather be on fire because then your fire ain't going to bother you. You just blaze through it because you're on fire. I'm going to be on fire to the day I drop dead. I'm prophesying it. But I ain't dropping dead. It ain't happening until I finish the course. And you not either until you finish the course. We ain't going to stand for it. I know the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He probably would have loved to kill Gil. He didn't do it. And he's not going to do it to you. We're going to win. We're going to overcome. We're more than conquerors through him who loved us. We're overcomers in this life, right? You've got to have somebody believe this kind of stuff. And I'm going to believe it. Even when they try to talk me out of it. And they do. The demons try to talk me out of it all the time. Do they ever try to talk you out of stuff? That you know you believe in what God said. Yeah, so be it. Talk away. Because his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I'm over. I, we're going to overcome by his word. Now, let me get in the scriptures. Look with me if you would. Second Peter chapter 1. I want you to. Try to follow along in the scripture if you can, because it'd be good for you to watch, to look along. But anyway, just thinking about this vision, about the Moravians and the base to reach the Americas with the gospel. Second Peter chapter 1 and um, verse 19, he says, And so we have the prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Now, not just the word over us, but the word over you. You do well to heed to the words that have been spoken over your life. Hang on to them even in a time of darkness because the day will dawn, the promise will break forth just like the morning star dawn, you know, the break of dawn, the morning star rises in your heart. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You hang on to these words, these promises, these prophecies it, through some dark times and then all of a sudden, bang, the vision comes to pass. There's the suddenly of God. So it's, you do well to heed. Now look in verse uh, 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation or origin. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So in verse 19, he's talking about the prophetic word that we receive. In verse 20 and 21, it's the prophetic scriptures. The scriptures are prophetic. How do we get the Bible? Somebody just decide one day to write a book? Well, that's, you know, maybe partly. They decided because the Holy Spirit came upon them, breathed upon them. They were holy men of God that were moved by the Holy Spirit. That's how we got the Bible. It's not just a history book. It is the word of the living God, breathed out of heaven, right? God breathed. It's nothing to play with. I mean, we're not in bondage to some black and white words. We're, I mean, we're, in, we're free in the spirit, but still there's a word that we want to live by. Because the word lives in us, and it's a living word. And then, so he gives you, okay, there's the prophetic word, there's the scripture, the prophetic scriptures, and then look in chapter 2, verse 1. But, how many of you like the buts? Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. Just depends. But, we don't have a choice. But, there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be, say will be, 
false teachers among you, and prophets and prophecy or teachers and teachings who will secretly bring in destructive heresy. Say destructive. Even denying the Lord. Now, how do you deny the Lord? Do you stand up and say, I deny that Jesus is Christ. He did not die. I de yeah, that's one way. But that's not the only way. People deny him all the time. How do you deny him? You deny him by denying his teachings. How do you know that? Matthew chapter 7, there were those who said, Lord, Lord. They were casting out demons. They were prophesying. But he didn't know them. He said, because they did not do what he said. They did not do his teaching, his doctrine. Doctrine means teaching. So you can say you claim the Lord. You can call him Lord. If you deny what he said to do, you've denied him. You've denied his words. And that's, there are other places in the scripture. Now look in verse 2. So they'll deny the Lord. Verse 2, and many, say many. Many will follow their destructive ways. Because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. And by covetousness they will exploit you with deception, deceptive words. Look over. I don't know that we'll come back there. We'll refer to that. But look over in Matthew chapter 24. I really hope you listen to this word. I hope you let it get in your spirit. Get washed by the water of the word. Because um, we want to be strong. We want to go out this morning with more muscle than we had when we came in. You know, being built up in the faith, in the word of God, strong. And um, not talked out of the things that God has said. The devil is up to his same old antics. He comes to us and says, did God say? Did God really say? Did you sure God said that to you? He didn't mean it. Yes, he did say it, and yes, he did mean it. You've got to stand on it, or you'll be talked out of it. Now, Matthew chapter 24, beginning with verse 3, remember, he's talking about the temple. He so said, you see this great temple? I, in just a few days, it's going to be destroyed. These stones are going to be thrown down. And, and then verse 3, they're asking him a question. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. How many of you are glad you can go to God privately 24 hours a day, I mean, you don't even have to really have an appointment. You already have an appointment. It's called you, the grace and the blood. That's the appointment. You can, there's a way to go to him every day. And one-on-one um, -on -one meet with the God of creation. That's an amazing thing. Saying, here's what they ask. Tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. How many of you would like to know the signs of his coming and the end of the age? Well, he told them. And Jesus said, take heed that no one deceive you. So, one of the big signs about the end of the age is what? Deception. How are you going to overcome? Is it possible for the elect to be deceived? How are you going to overcome? Well, we're going to talk about that. Last week we just touched a little bit on this universalism. The universal reconciliation. We did some more research into that this week. And I found anybody, if you have any knowledge of the word, you can recognize that false doctrine. It is so false. It is so much heresy. And yet it's subtle, deceptive. And anyway, I just, I had to get over myself. You know, that's where you live. You live in a world that people forgot about what God said. 
They called him Lord, but most of them don't even know what he said. They've denied him. And so they're denying him now through false doctrines. But look at this, Matthew chapter 7. Let me look at that, verse 13. Stay with me. This is really uh, pretty good. You know, universalism says that everybody's going to be saved eventually. You know what I say about that? Hogwash. It's hogwash. Not because it's because I, I think it's that way. It's because what Jesus said. We've made the way to heaven a lot broader than Jesus did. I'll show you. Matthew 7, verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate. Now, they, if some people are listening, they're going to call me narrow-minded. Well, I'm in good company. Jesus was narrow-minded. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way. Say the way. The way that leads to destruction. And there are many, many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult. The word difficult is the word hard. We, you know, they said, well, it's easy. You follow Jesus and it's a piece of cake. They don't know the Jesus I know. It's difficult. It's hard to take up your cross. It'll kill you to die to yourself every day. And most people don't choose that way. But anyway, it's difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are how many that find it? Few. That could tell you right there. If you go see that movie and it's about universalism, that tells you right there it's false. There are few that find it. We've made it broad. You just come join our church. Yeah, yeah. You go to hell, a church member. You know, so what? What's that going to do for you? Well, maybe you can sit in a certain section. You get your own pew. In hell? I'm telling you. Listen. You gotta, we got to get stick with what God said. He said there's a broad way that leads to destruction and many go by it. And there's a narrow way. And there are few that find it. And then verse 15, I guess he kind of figured we would be dealing with it because he says, beware of false prophets. Right after that, he says, narrows the way. Beware of false prophets and teachings and prophecies who come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruit. And uh, then he goes on to describe a, tr a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Now, who said that? Jesus or me? Jesus. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. A bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Then he says in verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And then... He says, they prophesied, I never knew you. And then in verse 24, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken to him the man that built his house on a solid foundation. So we, to deny the Lord is not only to deny his name, but to deny his words, his sayings. It's plain in the scripture. Now this week, I just tell you this, this is pretty cool. You know, uh, if somebody comes in here and they say, is there a doctor in the house? In just about a month, they're going to be one because I'm going to get my doctor's degree. I've been sitting on this thing. Now listen, you know I consider the anointing far above any degrees. That's already settled and it's, that's the way I've always been. But at the same time, I started my doctor's degree like 20 years ago. <laughs> and I've been sitting on it and then I was going to finish it. But the school that I started doing it with went defunct. 
So I said, well, I guess I just never will get it. Well, Morningstar University is going to, I did the thesis, I just finished it, so I'm going to have a doctor's degree. So now when they come in and say, is there a doctor in the house? I am one. I'm going to be one. It's okay. It's all right. You know, you study to show yourself approved. All right, I'm not, degrees mean, a, they don't mean a hill of beams. You got the anointing. I'd rather have a kindergarten degree and the anointing than a doctor's degree and no anointing. You know what I'm talking about. So anyway, it's still going to be pretty cool. Because my initial is DR, and people have said, what, are you a doctor? No. Now when they say DR, I'm saying, yes, I am. Whatever it means. But anyway, so I'm having to reread Rick's book on the final quest. And uh, he's talking about this. And it's a, how many of you read the final quest? You might want to go reread that. It's like it's for today. It was for yesterday too, but it's today. And uh, it's a gospel. It's the gospel of the kingdom and the last day message, I believe. It's, and he talks about how is the church going to grow up quickly and mature and become the army and the bride we're supposed to be. And he talks about how that, you know, a day with the Lord is like a thousand, a thousand is the day. So it's going to happen rather quickly. This work that God's doing among the church, among the saints. There's going to be a false church and then there's going to be a real church that's going to be on fire. I'm going to go to that church. All right? I'm going to be a part. But he also talks about medals of honor. I don't know if it's doctor's degree. It's nothing like that. But if they're medals of honor that will be issued on that judgment day, the, the judgment seat of Christ, to all those that love God, love His truth more than their own lives. And then he states this. He said, these will follow the Lamb wherever He goes, and they will be willing to suffer for the sake of truth, righteousness, and the salvation of men. And I want to be one of those. Now, there's a war going on for truth in America. I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. Was it a couple weeks ago or last week? I don't know. Somewhere. I don't even know how I saw it. But 60 Minutes was going to do a thing on the truth about fake news. CBS. I didn't know. I said, God, should I laugh or cry? These are some of the, the inventors of fake news. They're going to tell us what's true. Yeah, I... I thought, this is ridiculous. And anyway, somebody told me this week, they said, oh, I, they knew I was going to preach on truth. And they said, did you see the front cover of Time magazine? So I found, I went to a grocery store and I found it and it said, is truth dead? So I read a little bit of it. And what they were doing was fulfilling their question by butchering truth in Time magazine. I said, God, how... What happened? How can so many people be duped? You know, what they say is fake is real. What they say is real is fake. And I thought, you know, somebody ought to be like Jesus. You, they tell you, be like Jesus. Well, okay, Jesus, you know, he said, you're of your father, the devil. You're, the devil is the father of lies. So we ought to be like Jesus and go stand in front of CNN. You know and NBC, and ABC, and CBS, and Time Magazine. They claim to represent the truth. I'd like to look them in the face and say, you are of your father, the devil. You are a liar, and your father's a liar. And God doesn't let liars into heaven. But then if I said that, I'd have to start not in front of CNN. I'd have to start in front of the local congregation of the saints. Because in First Peter, he's not writing 
to the world or to the media. He's writing to the churches. The churches. I can show you all that. Because there's deception. Do you remember Bobby Connor's word to us? Bobby's a hoot. We love Bobby. He's part of our family. Have such respect for Bobby. Just so love his family. I've, we've known him forever. But there's a scripture that I had never seen before. I mean, Bobby knows the word big time. So anyway, he shared this scripture, uh, Proverbs 23, 23. It says, buy the truth and do not sell it. Remember that? He's been here a couple times. He shared that scripture, I guess, because God wants us to remember it. Buy the truth and do not sell it. I would encourage you, you may want to buy the truth because it's going to be hard to find. And don't sell it for anything. Don't give it up. Hold on to it. It means it's going to be valuable. The truth is going to be a valuable commodity at the end of the age. Deception will abound, even the elect, all these things. So anyway, I want to challenge you, and I'm, I, I, I'm not finished, but go to the store and buy the truth. What store do you buy it from? How about God's Word? That would be a good place to start. Sanctify them by your truth. Your Word is truth. Period. I don't care how many doctors say something. What degrees they have. If they counter what God said, they're a counterfeit. I don't care how loving the movie may appear. Or whatever. How warm and cozy. Let me tell you something. You've got to have truth. You've got to stand on Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So I heard someone say, many, you know, they know him as the way. Some of them find him out as the truth. But very few find him as their life. Because you've got to find him as the way and the truth to find him as your life. You need all three. Okay, Revelation 22. You've got to go there. Anybody with me this morning? I, and I don't know how I can get all this, but the Holy Spirit will bear witness and He'll plant it in us because I'm going to show you the key to overcoming all deception. It is a key in the Scripture. All right, Revelation 22, verse 12. And behold, I'm coming quickly. Well, let me just back up. Look in verse... Um, Six. I like that. Let me just read verse six because it's pretty good. It's like, you know, when we were in Washington, D.C., we didn't know what train to get on. I said, Shirley, let's just get on the train. I mean, it'll take us somewhere. You know, just, just get on any one of them. It's almost just pick a verse out. You know, the word is the word. It's good stuff. But anyway, verse six. Then he said to me, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servant things that must shortly take place. In other words, God's word, he is faithful, what he said. His words are faithful and he's true. Now, verse 12. And behold, I'm coming quickly. And my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end. Blessed are those who do his commandments. Did you see that? Did he say, hear his commandments? No. Many are hearers, but they're not doers. And they are in deception. They may be the finest church members in America. But if you are a hearer, if you're not a doer, you deceive yourself. James says that. The truth is not in you. 
Blessed are those who do its commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life. And many enter through the, or may enter through the gates of the city, the New Jerusalem. But outside are dogs. You remember that movie, All Dogs Go to Heaven? It's not true. See, right there, it tells you. Outside the gate are dogs. But that's not what he's talking about. My dog's going to heaven. He hadn't done anything wrong. My dog, is right? He's going to heaven. Yeah. Amen. He's a good dog. But anyway, the Jews looked at the Gentiles as dogs. But also, if you study it out, this is probably talking about false prophets. False prophets and sorcerers and sexually immoral. Now, they can trumpet their sexual immorality all they want to and call me an old fogey dogey. I'm telling you, there's a standard of holiness in the Bible. And it's one man and one woman. There's no room in the middle. I'm thinking about, you know, our North Carolina senators just voted again. They just, they stood before, I'm telling you, it was recorded in heaven. They recorded their vote before Almighty God on their stand for ungodliness or righteousness. You're going to know the difference between those who are righteous and those that are wicked. It's going to happen. God's going to demand it. He's setting up the situation so people will have to make a choice. Now, I'm going to write Senator Burr because I saw where Burr did something. He's following this Russia thing. It's absolutely fake news. And I'm going to write him a letter as one of his constituents because we met him last summer. I say, look, Senator Burr, I'm one of your constituents. I did not put you there to represent fake news. I, I put you there to represent the truth. You stand for the truth, I promise you. I will do all I can to defeat you next go-round. I hope he's listening. Maybe somebody will say, listen, you should listen. I'm telling you, if you're going to represent lies, you're not going to represent me. As if I can help it. The problem is, most of them lie to get in there. You know what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you, it's all going to come out in the wash, in the fire. All going to come out. I'm, there's no room to play around. They say, well, that's, Jesus is a loving. Yes, he's loving. But God sent his son to the cross. The cross is the greatest offense. It's the greatest judgment. He sent his son to die on that cross so that we can be forgiven and free from the yoke of sin. You don't have to sin. You can be free. It's the cross. That's the problem with some of this stuff today. It's crossless. And people can't even recognize it. They don't even know. If it doesn't bear the marks of the cross, it's a false teaching. It's a false doctrine. It's the cross. You will never. Jesus had to die on the cross. It's not because he was just loving and kind. And No. He died. He faced the judgment for you and for me so we could be free. Well, anyway, I better get back to the dogs. All right. The dog sorcerers, sexually immoral, murderers. I could really get off into that. Idolaters. And whoever loves and practices what? A lie. Practice means you put up with it. You stand for it. You excuse it. There's politicians right now that are excusing lies and they know it. In order for their political agenda. But anyway, I'm trying to remind myself, before you do that, you've got to talk to the church. So I'm talking to us. Whoever practices a lie. Little white lies, 
They're all big lies. Don't, let me tell you, he's called us to be people of integrity. Men and women of truth, substance. And uh, you know what the word practicing a lie means? A pseudo-falsehood. A pseudo-falsehood. So you don't even put up with it. So what are we going to do about this? There's a war going on in the media. They tell us what's real is fake and what's fake is real. It's increasing daily. People are believing their lies. They tell the lies so much now. In the churches, people are putting up with a crossless Christianity. Every wind of doctrine that comes along, if it feels good, they follow it. You say, God, will anybody be left? Yeah, few. Few. Many will follow the deceptive ways. And there are few that find it. If you don't like that, it's, that's what Jesus said. I'm not here to preach, thus saith David. I'm here to preach, thus saith the Lord. And that's it. He said few. You better make sure you're part of the number. You may have bought a form of religion. Like Billy Graham said, many people have just enough religion to inoculate themselves from the real thing. And they're going to stand before God that day and he'll say, I never knew you. You didn't do what I told you to do. You didn't bear my marks in your life. You, had, you made religion in your own image. And there are people doing that, I'm telling you. They're recreating God in their own image. So everything goes. Nobody can judge anything. Yeah, we can judge. You'll know them by their fruit. We are to be judges. Now, I don't mean judging people. You know what I'm talking about. You've got to stand for something. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. That's where America is, the church in America, falling for everything and anything. I ain't going there. And you ain't going there if you come to this church. Because we're going to tell you the truth. And then we know that men are vulnerable. Any man can be deceived. Take heed lest you fall. That's why we hold each other accountable. That's why we, like the Bereans, have to go search these things to see if they're true. You don't just take what someone said. I don't care what doctor's degree they have. You don't just take what they say. You search it out and know. You got to know in whom you have believed. You got to know in what you believe, especially in this hour of the shaking that's going on. Right, let me show you this. How's it going to happen? Isaiah 59. You're doing good. You're listening good. But you got to see this. Stay with me to the end. In fact, I think that's what the Lord said. If you think about it, stay with me to the end. He that endures to the end shall be saved. I wonder if he meant it. Maybe he's just joking. Maybe it's really not that serious. It's that serious. It's that serious. Isaiah 59. Behold, verse 1, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. There are teachings going on that God will love you, hear your prayer, no, he won't. He loves you. That's why he sent his son. But there's some sins that separate us that God can't even hear. Our cries. There's a way. It's the, the way he made is the cross. It's repentance. It's through the blood. It's the only other way. Anyway, I, I'm going to skip some of it. But 
Look in verse 13. Here's where we are today in America. In transgression or transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, revolution, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. When that happens, verse 14 has happened, justice is turned back and righteousness stands afar off for truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. So truth fails and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. And that's what's happening if you stand for truth and you depart from evil and you're going to take, you're going to be among the few, you're going to make yourself a prey. Jesus already said, if the world hated me, they're going to hate you. Sanctify them by, by the truth. That's what separates them from the world. It's because they love the truth. They love Jesus. He is the truth. And he's Lord of their lives. Okay, and then in verse 16, the Lord, it was displeasing to the Lord. He's looking for somebody to stand in the gap. Somebody to represent him. So what does he do? He takes matters into his own hands. And I'm um, skipping through some of it. But I think that's what God's doing right now in America. He just took matters in his own hands in that last election. And I know he's not a perfect man. I hadn't found one yet. But the perfect man is arising over this land. His name is Christ Jesus. He's arising in a church that's going to represent him without, without being ashamed. And if they throw us in the pen, so be it. So be it. He that endures to the end shall be saved. I wonder how many are going to endure. Well, if what Jesus said is true, not a whole bunch. All right, let's go ahead and read. You got to see this. So what are we going to do about all this deception? Well, here's what God does. So, verse 19, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. What is that standard? Three things. You can see it right in context. Verse 20, the Redeemer will come to Zion. So his redemption, the cross, the redemption, that's, that's a standard. So you lift up the redemption. It's the only hope. And then verse 21, as for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them, my spirit who is upon you and my words, say my words, my words which I put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor the mouth of your descendants, nor the mouth of your descendants, descendants from this time forth and forever. So the standard is the word that we declare and believe in our heart. Whatever's in the heart, the mouth will speak. It's his word, the standard. And you know, here's the third standard. Look in chapter 60, verse 1. Here it is. It's what we've been hearing. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Darkness will cover the earth. He just said, you know, deep darkness. You know, the enemy will come in like a flood. But what will happen? The church will arise with the glory of God upon it. The light of the world. That's the standard. The church rising up and being the church on fire with the glory of God. Oh, the Redeemer, the Word, and the people arising. Do you see that? Does anybody else see that? Now, now this is where I'm trying to get to. 
I'll move quickly, and next week I'm going to go maybe in the same direction, but maybe a little different, because I'm going to take advantage. And then on Resurrection Sunday, I don't care if it's not the real day or not, I'm preaching the cross. I'm going to preach the cross. It's the message. It's the power of God. It's, it's, the, it's that which he said is foolishness to the world. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So I'm going to take advantage of this season. Three times I get to preach three weeks in a row. Now, but listen, what are we going to do? What are you going to do about this? the characteristic of this age? What's happening? Why is NBC, CBS, and CNN telling us one thing while really the opposite is the case? Because it's the spirit of the age. It's the Antichrist. He's coming on the scene. It's the spirit of Antichrist, if you haven't been awakened to that fact. Did you know you'd get to live when the Antichrist shows up? Now, maybe he might or he might not, but the spirit of Antichrist. And I'm going to show you. And I'll show you how to overcome the spirit of Antichrist. Are you with me? So if anybody walks out, you're going to miss it right here at the last. You'll miss the answer. You didn't endure to the end. <laughs> you know, that's right. But, you know, we've got to counter this age. Anti means the opposite of the anointing. So there'll be a false, fake gospel. False anointing. So what do you need? You need people to rise up in the real anointing to counter the false. And that's what's happening. Folks getting filled with the Spirit, walking in glory, walking in truth, and God's honoring it. It's happening right before our eyes. But look at this. First John chapter 2. This is the secret. First John chapter 2. There's a lot of scriptures. On this subject, you could preach on this. People, anyway, I won't go there. But there's so much in the Bible. There's so much in the Bible about this. It's like a major thing. False prophets obviously were pretty major in these days. I've shared that with you before. I was reading some of that one time, and I said, God, there sure were a whole lot of false prophets in your day, in Jesus' day. And he said, yeah, and there's going to be in your day too. And then I started reading the rest, and exactly what it said is they were in those days, and so they will be in yours. But look in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you've heard that the Antichrist is coming. How many of you heard that? Or you heard it? Even now, many Antichrists have come. They've already come. Hitler was a type of the Antichrist, and there are others. Yes, there are others. And they're right in the midst of our nation. Spirit of Antichrist is all over them. And yet you wonder, Lord, why can't people have seen that? That's because they can't see unless he gives them sight. And if they're not seeking him, he's not going to give them sight. God's not just dishing out goodies. Either he's Lord of all or he's not Lord. You call him Lord. You got to, listen, you got to, he has to be Lord. Gil told a powerful testimony. And we, listen, we don't want to play games. We don't want to waste time. Little children, it's the last hour. The Antichrist is coming. Even now many Antichrists have come, and by which we know it is the last hour. So you see that. How are you going to know it's the last hour? The Antichrist will show up. Now, verse 19 is an interesting verse. It's just like it's in the middle of... Uh, they're out of context, but it's not. It says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. 
For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Now that scripture does not mean if someone doesn't hang with you that they're not of the Lord. That's not what that means. That's where you can get off. You, you just take that verse out of context. Well, they must not have been of Christ because they didn't hang around me. No, hey, my God might be separating them from you. But anyway, that's not what it means. What it means is, is they may not be of the same camp or the same fire. Let me give you an example. You don't want to be hanging around people that are picking fights with the devil if you just want to tiptoe through the tulips. Nor do you want to just tiptoe through the tulips at church if you want to be a part of an army that's arising, that's declaring the glory of the Lord all over the face of the earth. People are choosing the church of the tiptoe through the tulips or the church that's on fire. You know, does that make sense? So God is separating people into camps. We don't want anybody that doesn't have the kind of fire God gave us. They may come through and visit. They don't want to stay. We want God to turn up the heat because in this day, you got to know those that labor among you. you got to know and trust the believers that you're walking with because this is it. This is the ultimate. I wish it was like when I was a kid, you could get away with stuff. And I'm just being honest. You know what I mean? You could get away with stuff. You can't get away with anything anymore. It's a different time. But it's God's love because he's purifying us. Because he's got an army, he's got a people that's going to bear his image. Versus the image of the beast, they're going to be an image of Jesus raised up. Oh boy, there's so much. I don't even know where I'm getting all this stuff. I got to get to the points or we'll never get to the point. So how are we going to do it? You know, deception. Well, let me read. Let me read all this. We'll go back and quickly make some points. And next week we'll review and go to that other thing I'm talking about. And, and um, it's a two-part thing, maybe a three-part thing. You can make the big time now. You have three parts. This is good. And get my doctors. I mean, this is really cool. Now, you guys, I'm just telling you. You keep me humble on that day in May when I come in here in my robe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not I don't even know if they wear robes in MSU, do they? Do they have robes down here? I don't even know. I guess we'll find out. I'll go in my bathrobes. I don't care, man. I, just, I, just, I want a robe. I waited 20 years to get this thing. It's about time. I, I know that's what they're saying in heaven. Son, it's about time. It's about time. Anyway. Okay. Verse 20. But you. Here's the answer. But you. Okay, the Antichrist is coming. All this stuff. But you. Say you, say me, but you, but me, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I've not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Now, remember we already looked at in the context of Scripture, it's not just denying him we den you know, denying Jesus, but denying his what? His teachings, his sayings. That's all in the scripture. So they were denying him. And now, little children, verse 28. Oh, well, no, can't miss this. These things, verse 26, these things I've written to you, written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. The word deceive means to be led astray 
or led from the truth, led into error. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that any teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and it's true. It's not a lie. He emphasizes that. You ought to underline that. That's not a lie. And just as he has taught you, you will abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Now, let's look at some things. First of all, the anointing. What is it that's going to overcome the anti-anointing, the anti-Christ at the end of the age? It's the anointing. The anointing... I, I've never heard anybody say this. I know the anointing is the divine electricity from heaven. It's that unction that gives you the grace to walk in what you've been called to walk in, do the miraculous. It's more than that. It's way more than that. If that's all you talk about, that's good. But you got to folks could still go into deception. Remember, you can prophesy and not even know the Lord. You can do miracles and not even know the Lord. So you got to know what else is the anointing for. The anointing is so you'll know the truth and not be led astray by the lies, by the Antichrist. So I'm going to pray that. Before we leave time, we'll pray that God will release the anointing that will know all things. And to know the truth and to know what is the difference between truth and error. And you'll know it just as you're taught and you'll abide in it. Now, the spirit of Antichrist is alive and well in the world. Pretty obvious. The assault on truth, that's a big thing, so obviously he's in the world. Okay, so what are we going to do about it? We're going to rise up. He's also, can I just tell you the truth? Wait, can I? of course I can, I'm preaching on truth. Not every, not every, not everything that comes down the pike is true. There's a lot of deception going on. Very subtle. Very, very subtle. The devil seemed like he was subtle in the garden. Remember? He hadn't changed a lick. He comes as an angel dressed in light. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. You've got to stay close to the truth in this hour. Now, I'm just telling you, you could have been, you, you can't talk God out of, you were born in this day. You're stuck in this day. You can't get out of it unless you do something stupid. Don't do it. You're here. Don't walk in front of a truck or something like that. You know me. Don't do that. You're in this day. So guess what? He knew you would be here. He's given you the grace to be, to make it to the end and to do everything you're called to be. He's given you the anointing to know the truth. You don't have to one day say, God... You didn't, you didn't lead me into truth. No, he gave you the Holy Spirit who will lead you into all truth. He already said that. You got what you need for the hour. You're living the age of the Antichrist. That's because God chose you to be alive in this age. So you could really see what it's really going to be about. Does that make sense? Okay. What will the anointing do? Quickly. Are you with me? Look in verse 18. One of the proofs, the anointing, we already said it. It's one of the proofs we're living in the last hours is the Antichrist will be on the earth. And that's what verse 18 says, that it is the last hour. 
The spirit of Antichrist. Number two, verse 19, God is getting people into their anointed place. He's getting people. He's doing things to get people where he wants them to be for this time of great battle in the spirit. He's getting them connected with people of similar fire. Same fire. Again, if you're going to tiptoe, you don't want to be around those that are going after the demonic darkness of the hour. You don't want to be around them. And then, but I just can't, I can't imagine not being around them. That's what we're made for. The demons should tremble when we walk by. Because greater is he, greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. That talks about the Antichrist too. All right, verse 20, verse 21. The anointing will enable you to know the things you need to know at the time you need to know them. Some of you are saying, but I don't know a lot of stuff. Well, listen, you get to know Jesus. He knows all the stuff. He'll tell you the stuff when you need it. It's really that simple. He that comes to me, he that hears my word, and he that does them is the one that builds his house on solid foundation. When the storms come, he'll stand the test of time. Stay with me. All right, number four, the anointing is a special gift and unction designed for the challenges of the last hour. How many of you see that? I mean, if you knew that, you heard people talk about the anointing for the miraculous. This is the anointing so you can know truth from error. Okay, and we're going to pray that God will give it to you. And then the anointing comes, verse 20, from the Holy One. We can't give it to you. I'm just in agreement. It's from the Holy One, from Jesus. Okay, he gives out this last day anointing. We're just in agreement, laying hands, you know, by faith, believing his word. Oh, and it's interesting, he says, the anointing comes in verse 20 from the Holy One. Now, that's Jesus, but also, you guys know Michael Fickness, the guy that wrote the book, the, the Rise of the Holy Ones. Isn't that the name of his last book? Holy Ones. I'm sorry, there's no other way. Without holiness, you're not going to see the Lord. You may be religious. God's demanding holiness, and the only way that happens is you die. And he lives, he is holy who lives through us. His life, his expression, his testimony. It means dying to yourself, taking up your cross, and following him. It's Christianity 101. We're going to find a lot of people didn't have Christianity 101. They skipped it. They went to Christianity 808. They missed 101. And they missed heaven. It's a simplistic gospel. And then... Verse 22 and verse 23, denying the Son. If you deny His teaching, His sayings, you've denied Him. And then in verse uh, 21, a clear distinction. God will make a clear distinction between truth and lies. In fact, do you remember, we won't read there now, but Second Thessalonians chapter 2, he talks about the end of the age, and he says that God will send a strong delusion talks about that, how they did not receive a love for the truth that they might be saved. How many of you remember that? You have to receive a love for the truth. It will be known whether you love the truth or you do not love the truth. Whether you love lies and the father of lies, it's going to be made known. It's just the way it is. Say, I don't like that message. Well, it's what he's talking and he's what he's saying in this hour. Either you're for me or you're against me. He that doesn't gather with me is scattering. 
There's only two ways, a broad way and a narrow way. How I many of you know that? That's it. There's no third way, middle ground. I think I'm going to hang out here in the church and play around with the lordship of Jesus. You're not going to play around with anything. You're playing with fire. You're going you're to miss heaven. You're going to split hell wide open unless he's your Lord, unless he's your Savior, unless you live for him. You're willing to die for him. Take up your cross. I think cross means death. It's not a beautiful symbol. It's a sim symbol of death. You die and you live. And those that die live forever. Blessed are those that die. And then, now look, I've got to show you this verse. Verse 24, you've got to see this. He says, therefore, let that abide in you which you've heard from the beginning. All right? You heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. So I want to show you something in Jude really quick. This is what we're to give ourselves to. Jude. How many of you read Jude chapter 3? How many of you read Jude chapter 3? Raise your hand. Have you? Chapter 3. Have you read Jude chapter 3? Yeah. It's verse. Okay, this is Jude. Jude. I like the name Jude. We're going to meet him one day. Maybe sooner than later. You know, I would, man, I would love to meet Jude right now. Have an encounter with Jude. That'd be awesome. But I would rather encounter with Jesus. If, but Jesus wants to include Jude because look what Jude did. He says, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus, to those who are called sanctified or set apart by God the Father and preserved. How many of you would like to be preserved? That's a scripture you want to stand on. Thank you, God, that I'm called, I'm set apart, I'm sanctified, and I'm preserved in Christ Jesus. Mercy and peace. You will have mercy and peace, and love will be multiplied if you understand that. Verse 3, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation... It's not talking that salvation is some common thing, but it's common in that we all are a part of that. We have this common salvation. I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend, say contend, to contend earnestly for the faith. That means to struggle for the faith, which was once and for all, say once and for all, or once for all delivered to the saints. And then he goes on and says how there were those who were marked years ago, long time ago, to turn the grace of God into lewdness, denying the Lord. They deny the Lord because they didn't teach the whole truth about grace. They said, you're grace, you can sin and get away with it. You're free, you can do what you want to do, you're under grace. And they were called out. They were false prophets. And they led people to hell. And this is what the scripture talks about. And I, I pray God exposes every one of them. They turned the grace of God into lewdness. They denied the only Lord God. Not that they denied Him. They called Him Lord. But they didn't teach the people to do what He said. They gave, he said it's an option. His teachings. They're an option. They're no option. It's no option. It's the Lordship of Jesus. Well... Anyway, we got to contend earnestly from the beginning, the faith that was once and for all. I appreciate new revelation.
But if that new revelation is not rooted in the revelation of the Son of God, I ain't going there. And you better not go either. I don't care how good it sounds, how much it tickles your ear, especially if it tickles your ear. Because the Scripture says they're going to heap up for themselves teachings that tickle their ears. And they'll be damned. Thinking all along they knew Him. And on that day He'll say, depart from me. You did not do what I said. Yeah, you called me Lord. You had the degree, whatever. You went, you did that. Yeah. He'll be broken. His heart will be broken. Okay, from the beginning. Verse 26 and 27, the anointing will enable you to escape deception. And then to the degree the anointing abides in you, you abide in him and he, the, the anointing is in you. You continue. Verse uh, 28, you, we can have confidence and not be ashamed at his coming. How many of you know he's coming? He's coming. He's coming again. We don't want to be ashamed at his coming. We want to have confidence to stand before him on that day. Now, I could talk about so much more, but I think I'll wait. All I know is, is when it boils down to it, he's the way, the truth, and the life. I'm going to stick with him. You may not know all the statistics. You may not know all the facts. If you know Jesus, you know the truth. The truth is a person. A person. And uh, it's following that person. Laying down your life. And uh, living for eternity. But until then, being a part of the greatest move of God. Is, which is the people of God moving. Out on his will. Amen? This fit together. How does it fit, Dan? I don't know how it fits. It's amazing to me. Now, what good would it be to preach a message that fits if God didn't bear witness with the word, with signs and wonders following? And if he didn't bring conviction? Conviction. We've got to have conviction in the church in America again. You know what I mean? This stuff about walking in church and walking at the same, that's baloney. We've got to have the conviction. We've got to have people broken, weeping under the mighty hand of God. The scripture says, you know, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself. When God puts his hand on people, I, they will humble themselves. Because either they will stand up in resistance and pride, or they will humble themselves and receive grace. And that's where, that's where we are right now, I believe. The church in America, we're humbling ourselves before the hand of God. And so, just want to pray and I'm going to open the altar. If anybody needs prayer this morning, I know some people that need miracles. We're going to pray for miracles. We're going to pray. Listen, God, you are a man of your word. He's not just your God. You're God. You're all man. You're all God. But you are a God of your word. And we're going to believe for healing. I don't care if it's the last day, the last trump. I'm going to believe God heals. I'm going to believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm not going to back up. I'm not going to retreat. I'm not going to retreat. So we're going to pray for miracles. But also, if you're here without Jesus, I can promise you, there are people here that have been religious. You have just enough religion that you've been inoculated from the real thing. And the Holy Spirit has gripped your heart, has gripped your heart. And He's bringing conviction. And He's the one right now stirring the hunger, the passion. 
He's calling you. And I can just tell you, if you come to Him, He'll save you to the uttermost. You can be sure today. Know that you're saved. Others, you don't know. You've been so in the middle for so long. It's just a day to get on board. I'm just telling you. Get on board. Jump on. Jump in. Jump in the river. Huh? This is amazing. There's a river of God flowing in this place. Some of you just visiting for today, you may never come back. We're going to pray that God will release in you a, a river of revival. And you go back to your home or where you're watching, you spill out everywhere you go, my friend. Because this is the day of a great awakening in America. God is blowing a trumpet. And there's people getting filled with the fire in the river of God. Does this make sense? You got quiet all of a sudden. Don't get quiet. Not right now. I can't see the last day church getting quiet. This is the day to be shouting. It's the day to be excited. It's the day we've been waiting for. This is it. It's not a day to be ashamed. It's a day to be confident. He's coming. And He's going to have a confident people in Him. Have you noticed? The older you get in the Lord, the less confident you are in yourself. The more confident you are in Him, right? I've never been more confident in Him until tomorrow. I'm going to be more confident tomorrow than I am right now. I mean, if you know, just the way it is, He gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger still. He is. You think you got Him figured out? Hang on, brother. Hang on. He's going to blow your socks off. He's God. He's Almighty. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hey, let's stand. And if you want prayer, I got some of my young guys going to be with me. Some others will be with us. Hey, come on up here. You come. We're going to pray for people. Pray for miracles. Can you help join me? You guys join. I know you got prophetic ministry. So you guys can go ahead and have prophetic ministry. What? David, come on up. Help me. We're going to pray for miracles. If you need Jesus, come. If you need prayer, come. If you're not certain, just come. If God's doing something in your heart, you don't know what He's doing. Come. The invitation is come. Come to me, all you that labor, heavy laden, and I'll give you rest.